We are just a mere 16 days away from Razorback football actually kicking off. It's amazing how fast it's moving. But we are also around the halfway point of fall camp. We've seen some things. We've heard some things. We've heard from coaches. We've heard from players. But what do we actually know? Let's talk about it on today's Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday. As you can probably tell from part of my voice, it's starting to get cooler outside, and it happens every single time. If you listen to the podcast and know my radio show, anytime the weather changes drastically, I'm always going to have like a frog in my throat. I don't know why it is, and I've been trying to battle it out, but we're going to make it through. It's not a sickness or anything. It's just amazing how much you don't realize how you need your voice when you use your voice for a living until your voice isn't working the way it's supposed to. Then it just throws you all out of whack. But we're powering through. We're going to make it work. We're going to have some fun with it, too. And I know that we've had some really good discussions and hearing from coaches and players and points and, and everything just about uh, the way that fall camp is going. Because I think everybody is a little bit interested to see in practices who's starting where, what's the depth chart looking like, all of those things. But what's crazy is that, you know, you go into these things and you, and you hear from these coaches and you hear from everybody and the way they talk and, you know, the excitement and the hype. It's great, but what are the things as far as what do we actually know? Not stuff that we're hearing about, not stuff that we're hoping for, but what are the things that we actually know when it comes to fall camp and some of the stuff that has really stood out? And I think that there's been a few things that I have really started basing my hype or maybe my expectations on from things that I have been hearing in fall camp. And one of the things that I feel like has, has really something, a question that I have answered, or that has been answered for me, I should say, has been about the wide receiver position. I think the wide receivers, as I've mentioned by committee, will be a better overall group this year than what they were last year. And the reason I'm basing that on is not just because of what coaches have said, but looking at all the fall camp reports and, and you know the people that have been able to go to these practices and see these things and hearing from these wide receivers, it, it looks incredibly competitive. And it looks like a wide receiver group that's not only mixed up of some veterans, some guys that have been around a while, but even the freshmen. And I, I know that I, I read a lot from Trey Biddy of Hawksports.com and a lot of the practice for sports that uh, he puts together. But uh, one of the things that he has brought up, and as well as many others, is just the veterans have been great, but the freshmen. Isaiah Centania has, has, has looked the part of McMars being a quick, fast, agile, extremely gifted wide receiver that has all the athleticism in the world and can really be a burner on this team. Even guys like Quincy McAdoo, you know, a kid from Arkansas who has a lot of length and is a big wide receiver as a freshman. He's even so showed some strides. So you got, they got guys that are going to be freshmen that may be able to contribute. Then you got guys like the transfers, like Matt Landers and Jaden Hazelwood. You think about the expectation that's kind of been put on these guys where I know that, uh, I know that uh, Matt Landers came from Toledo, but he started at Georgia and you had Hazelwood, who was at Oklahoma. So you're talking about two wide receivers that, yeah, they transferred in, but they know what high-level football looks like. Like, they've played on teams 
that are high-level teams, teams that were competing for conference titles and even national titles. So the fact that you have experienced guys that are coming in here like that, that have seen and have been a part of programs like that, can only be helpful to guys like K.J. Jefferson, can only be helpful to the team to where it's not something to where you know, they're coming in and you're kind of like, you know, I, you know they got to get ready for the big boy football. It's like, no, they've been part of big boy football. They know how good they can be in big boy football. And those are the things that gets everybody excited about what they do. So I think that the transfers there and then like a Warren Thompson, a guy who, of course, was on the team last year, Keetron Jackson, a guy that was on the team last year that uh, the coaches really like, a, for, a former four-star high school athlete and now entering into his sophomore year, like all of these things coming together it makes me feel very strongly about Arkansas's chances of really getting better as an offense. And that question was not, again, something that we had been talking about, something we've been hearing about, but it certainly seems like it's there and it has gotten better and it's improved. And another thing that we know, and Sam Pittman has talked to the media now about fall camps, I guess three years now. I know the COVID year kind of threw a lot of things off and, how things were explained and during fall camp. But if you have ever been around Sam Pittman or heard from Sam Pittman or listened to Sam Pittman, whatever, you know, he is a very, very like easygoing guy, not strategic and you know, how he says things or anything like that. He's pretty much just going to kind of tell you how it is. Like he's not sugarcoating anything. He's not just saying things for the sake of saying them. I know that there's been previous coaches at Arkansas that would do that and be really good at it. But Sam Pittman, I think, has, has found a way and has been very good at for many years of, hey, if something's bad, I'm going to tell you it's bad and that we need to work on it. You know, if he gets asked a question in the media, it's like, hey, what about this position group or what about this player or whatever? He's he's going to be pretty upfront and saying it's not where it needs to be. We got to get better at that. You know, whatever it needs to be, whatever it needs to be said, he's going to approach it that way instead of just telling you what he wants you to hear. I think that's pretty much been established. And so when you're hearing from Sam Pittman during the fall camp and he's doing nothing but telling you and telling us how good these practices have been, how quality they have been approaching practice with the mentality, with the physicality of everything, when he's been so impressed by the way that the team has for morale purposes and the way that they're just all in on football right now and uh, he's been so proud of the way that they've competed and their efforts and like all those things. And it's been consistent. And he's also brought up just how really good some of these practices have been. You know, I start to say, okay, this is a guy that has been on some really, really good teams as a coach, as an offensive line coach. He was on a team that played in the national championship in Georgia. So he kind of knows what good, again, goes back to the whole knowing good programs. He knows what a good football team looks like. You know what? He knows what good practices are. He knows all those things. And so when he starts saying how good these practices have been and how happy he is with the team and their and where they're at and, and, and all of that, you start to say, okay, maybe this is really good. <laughs> you know, like maybe this is something that is actually not just us hoping and praying and wishing that it's going to be better, but maybe it's something that actually is better. Maybe this team is everything that we've hoped for. And maybe this team is going to build upon what they did last year and be even better this year. Because if they are this locked in at fall camp 
with the amount of transfers that they have, with the amount of new faces that they have, with the freshmen that they have, like whoever. All those things mixed together. If they're doing this well right now, like what, what's the ceiling here? Like what are we talking about? How good could they be? <clears throat> There's an element of excitement there. And that's something that we know now. Because Sam Pimmon has approached that way. I went back, actually, and looked and just listened to, I should say, uh, a few of the press conferences during fall camp last year. And, you know, there wasn't anything specific that stuck out, but there were things in times that he'd say, you know, I didn't like the way we practiced today. or I didn't like the way this particular session went. He would say that. He hasn't said that this year. Knock on wood. And hopefully he continues to get better. But if Sam Pittman's that impressed and the coaching staff is that impressed and everybody is on board and having a good old time and saying, man, this is really good. This is really fun. We love this. Like, that's the stuff that really, really excites you. And I also saw from a report, and again, I want to give credit to <clears throat> Trey Biddy at hogsports.com. Uh, go and sign up for him because they have a great, uh, great content when it comes to covering all things Razorbacks. But one of the things that I saw in his practice report just from today uh, and as part of his odds and ends. Uh, he says, quote, a higher up person who works in the athletic department shares a very common opinion as I do. Arkansas looks really, really good. But in the age of transfers, is, the, is this the case all around the SEC with the ability to quickly fill holes and add instant depth? It's been helpful. Was told today also that this was the best inside run period they'd have had all camp, the competition level between offense and defense has been extraordinary. Now, that's just one little quote there from Trey Biddy of Hawk Sports, who, again, is one of the best. And he has put together uh, a lot of different practice reports for many years. And when you start hearing stuff like that, which I respect Trey and I know that he's watched it, and then he starts hearing from other people higher up in the athletic department that start saying that, man, this team is really good. This team's looking really good. How do you not get excited? Like, how do you not get a little hot and bothered when you hear these things? I know it's just words. I know that they got to go out and execute this. Like, I know that. But here's the thing. At this point in time in fall camp, you just know what you know. You know what the coaches tell you. You know what the players tell you. You know what you see when you're able to go and watch some practices and some scrimmages and all those things. But when everybody who is in the know starts consistently saying similar things, coaches, players, administrators, higher-ups, whatever you want to call it, when they all start saying that, you know, this team's looking really good, these practices are going really well, these players look all in. And are looking like legitimate SEC high caliber players. When you have everybody kind of getting on board and saying the same things, well-respected people at that, how do you not get excited? How do you not start believing that this year could be an extremely special year for Arkansas? It's hard not to. And I'm not saying you should not believe it, because again, at the end of the day, you know, we know what we know, we know what we see. That's all we got. They got to go out and they got to execute. They got a tough schedule in front of them. They got uh, a tough SEC road. Like we know all of those things. But considering the trend that's been going year after year with Sam Pittman and what we know now in fall camp, it's hard not to really feel like the expectations are legitimate 
when people start saying that Arkansas could be a team and a dark horse in the SEC West this year. Think about that. Folks, I, I got to tell you something that is obviously a, a very serious thing and something that we obviously have fun with on the podcast and we have fun in football season and we love to go out and tailgate and have a good time. We love to go to watch parties. We love to go uh, to the bar, sports bars and watch the games, you know, whatever it may be. We have to have a good time. And a lot of times drinking is involved and that's great. That's fun. You always want to do things like that. But the one thing you don't want to do is drunk drive. I mean, you've been hanging out with friends. You know how it goes. You've had a few too many. You don't really know one way or the other. Like you're going to, maybe you'll be able to go, you know, get away with it. Maybe you'll be able to say, oh, you know, I haven't had that many. I'm good to go. I can drive. I mean, what's the worst that could happen, really? I mean, your insurance goes up. You lose your license. Lose your job. You total your car. Maybe you kill somebody. That's something that nobody should ever have to deal with in their life, and especially you. Everybody knows about the risk of driving drunk, and the results are often tragic and dead deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everybody from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads just to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think, think again. Play it safe, plan ahead, and get a ride. It takes only one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with the uh, the you know fall camp and everything going on with Razorback football right now, I'll have a pretty uh, funny segment. I shouldn't say funny, but something that I actually uh, really care a lot about uh, coming up at the end of the show. But one thing that I, I keep being asked about or I keep talking with people about when it comes to fall camp and uh, even things that I've been asked about when I'm talking to other people outside the state of Arkansas is just, you know, the thing about this schedule, like I know we talked a little bit about the schedule yesterday, but I want to bring it back up because you're going to be facing five top 25 te preseason top 25 teams on this schedule. Uh, two of them are non-conference, which is almost unheard of if you really think about it. I can't remember a time where Arkansas had two high-quality non-conference games. Like They've had some non-conference games where, for instance, when they played Texas back in 08, they were really good. And you know they had some teams that may have been pretty good as far as Group of Five or the Sun Belt teams or, or whatever that could compete and win that. Like, you know, I think Toledo and Texas Tech that year that Arkansas lost to both of them, unfortunately. But in 2015, that was like a year where you had two pretty good, high-quality teams. Now, I'm not making excuses. Arkansas should have won both of those games. But that was the last time I can think about it. But this year, since you have two high-quality non-conference opponents, people keep asking, they're like, why does Arkansas keep doing that? Why do they keep scheduling these good non-conference teams? And I'm like, you know, if you know how football works, and especially with the scheduling, these are things that are made pretty far in advance. Like a lot of these games are like eight to 10 years sometimes ago when they finally, when they get scheduled. And so when you actually end up playing them, when it comes around, if they end up being that good, it's just a coincidence. And I feel like that's almost something that happens every time for Arkansas, whenever they schedule a non-conference opponent. If you think about, for instance, uh, when Arkansas scheduled USC back in 05 and 06, 
they actually scheduled, I think I remember reading this, they actually scheduled them in like 1997 or 98, before Pete Carroll even got there to USC, before they were USC that you knew in the mid-2000s. And so when Arkansas scheduled, probably like, yeah, this will be fun. Nice little Pac-12 team, team that's, you know, usually decent, maybe contending for the Pac-12 title, but pretty winnable. And lo and behold, Arkansas gets to play them when literally they're one of the greatest college football teams ever assembled. And Arkansas loses 70 to 17. It's amazing how that happens. Same thing with Texas in that year that Arkansas played them in 2008. Um, you know, Arkansas scheduled them, I think, in the early 2000s. And then Arkansas ended up playing them when they were Colt McCoy-led national championship caliber team. In fact, I think they actually played for the national championship that year against Alabama, I think. I think it was that year. No, no, no. It was – they did the next year. The next year they ended up playing. But still, they were like a number three team in the country or whatever. So they were really good. But, you know, those are the things that's just like, it's a bad coincidence, essentially. And so, the fact, when you scheduled Cincinnati this year, if I'm not mistaken, when you actually did schedule them was back when Tommy Tuberville was the coach at Cincinnati. And I don't think anybody would have guessed that at that point in time that, oh, when Arkansas ends up playing this team, they're going to be fresh off of a college football playoff experience. And the first time that any group of five team has ever played in the college football playoff. Nobody thought that. Now, BYU, on the other hand, they're usually pretty consistent. And so when you schedule them, you probably thought that that would be a team that it would be pretty good, pretty high quality. And they are. Like, they're a team that's really good and going to be really good this year, and they were really good last year. So that's not necessarily a surprise. But look at the future games just because it's tradition, because it's the way it works. Just watch. There's going to be times where – you're going to be facing off against, like Memphis, I know, is on the schedule later. Guaranteed, they're going to be like a top 15 team whenever you play them. Probably have like a Heisman Trophy dark horse on their team, something like that. That's going to happen. When you play Notre Dame, they're probably going to be, you know, the best Notre Dame team ever assembled. Oklahoma State, Mike, Mike Gundy is finally going to get his undefeated year in coming off of that and returning all the starters. And that's when Arkansas is going to be able to play them. Like it's just the tradition. It's just what happens. It's the way it goes. It's it's like I said, it sucks, but that's just the way it is. So um, we'll talk about the the funny thing. And and uh, I wanted to bring up too. Actually, I got to take a sip real quick. You know, the whole frog in my throat. Ah, there we go. Yeah, I don't know if that even works, but I'm I'm trying it out. But uh, I wanted to tell everybody how excited I am that. Uh, we have a new partnership here on the podcast, and we love all of our uh, sponsors because they make it possible, they make it fun, they make it to where I'm able to do this every day and you're able to listen every day, but I'm extremely excited about welcoming in Brady Industries as part of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast this football season. So for all you cleaning and food service professionals, Brady Industries has been pioneering the way products and solutions are delivered to you the cleaning and food service community since 1947. Brady is new to the Arkansas community as of 2019, but the company has decades of experience serving more than 25,000 customers all over the country. And there's one guy that you need to call who can take care of all of your food service and janitorial needs. His name is Aaron Smith, diehard Razorback fan, by the way. Love this guy. Uh, he's a guy that listens to the podcast every single day, and uh, he's a guy that loves the Razorbacks, so you know he's good people. 
from cleaning chemicals to food service and amenity products, Aaron at Brady Industries has what you need. Aaron takes pride in providing exceptional value and service to his customers and offers expertise and innovative solutions to meet even the highest and toughest challenges. So call Aaron and he will help you get the best value for your facility and food service budget. Call Aaron Smith at Brady Industries, 501-424-8837, or you can visit supplies.bradyindustries.com to browse all that they have to offer. But really, it's just easier just to call Aaron, 501-424-8837. And here's the best part about it. If you call him and you mention that you heard him, you heard about him and Brady Industries on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, he'll take 15% off. So listen, it always pays to help and listen to the podcast. But even in this case, you get a great deal with Brady Industries by calling Aaron at Brady Industries. Again, 501-424-8837. Also, got to tell you about betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. You can find your favorite sports and events online at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every single league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the number one resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions happening today at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. This is something that really just boils my nuggets. And, and, you know, some of you may say that I'm overreacting. Who cares? Whatever. No. No. I am. This is something that is very personal to me, and it bothers me. So today, the Big Ten officially signed their media rights deal with CBS, CBS is going to be playing, and for not for the next two years, but once the contract's up in two years, they're going to be playing Big Ten football games on CBS. No more SEC games. SEC games are going to be strictly on ESPN and ABC. So we'll still get games. We'll still get all those things, too. Be fine and be fun, but they're not going to be on CBS anymore. Now, everybody that's just in a right, who cares? You get to watch the game still. What does it matter? It's just on ABC instead of CBS. Well, here's the thing that matters, folks, for all you people out there that think it's so overrated and who cares and why are you making such a big deal out of it. That CBS song, you know when it hits. You know the one I'm talking about. The CBS sports football, college football song that hits, that you go on War Machine's YouTube videos and you watch all those highlights and you end up... I mean, come on. That's like you hear it and it gets you pumped. It gets excites you. It gives you the goosebumps. And you, know, and you always think of Uncle Vern being on the call with Gary Danielson. Say what you want about the guys, but it's college football. It's SEC football and CBS like, it's so much fun to hear, and it's just almost so much. It's a part of the culture. Honestly, it's appropriation of the culture having that those games on the big with the Big Ten. Cultural appropriation. That is what it is. So I am sick. 
I mean, I could care less about the commentators. I could care less about the broadcasting rights. I could care less about 230 games. I just want the song. I want the theme song to be a part of those games because you know, you all know, and anytime that song hit, and especially if it was your team playing, that meant big boy football. That meant that you had had a big game in front of you and that it may have been the game of the weekend whenever that song played on your game. So I am really disgusted by it. I'm bummed. Sucks. But still, we'll have to deal with it. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll get over it. Still got two more years of it. It'll be fine. But God, that sucks. Like, it's just now, like, nothing against ESPN. I mean, it's fine. It's just, you know, have a cool song. I just want the cool song guy. There's my rant for the day. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you.